Hey, I'm Lance Frazier. Name of Rosenberg. My name is Trey Mason. You're listening to the Piffles Podcast. I'm Cameron Marshall, and you're listening to the Piffles Podcast. This is fun. Stay tuned. the Johnny McKeck Band with Here We Go. This is the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Alex. I'm Steve. I'm Greg. Uh, you're not... Uh, I'm not sad this week. Not sad this week. You're no. happy. You're I moved move. on. I moved on. I have moved on. Uh, me and Kavis decided to see other people. And is that one of those consequences? A consequence, yeah. Um, and now I am putting my spite towards another another person and... He and I, I think, are going to make it exclusive. Ooh, do we get to hear about this later on today? <laughs> oh, no. All I know is I th- always thought lemons had uh, peels, but turns out they have thin skin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Give us a follow on Twitter at PifflesPod. You can follow me at RealAlexD. Uh, I'm at Safamod. Uh, oh, God. Steve mixed up there, and I'm at Greg on Sports. I'm also confused. <laughs> Give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash pifflespodcast. Check out our Instagram page, pifflespod, and of course the website, pifflespodcast.com. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. They're on Skip the Dishes. Be lazy. Get your fan food fix. Dairy Queen on Skip the Dishes. Piffles Podcast is also a proud member of the CFPN, Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Check out hashtag sasspodcast for more. We have a lot to get to, a lot of rider talk. Good stuff. I only have one complaint about that game. It's a two-fold complaint, but we'll get to that in just a little bit. Some great questions this week that we got from listeners, and there's one one in particular I'm actually really excited to talk about. So we'll have some of those. Steve has our CFL Tweet of the Week. You'll hear from Riders defensive back Ailey Buka as well, and uh, we'll take a look at the Hamilton Tiger Cats this week without their starting quarterback, their best receiver possibly, their starting you know, best linebacker. If the Riders are going to get over 500, this is going to be leak. So let's get right down to it. Time for the opening kickoff. So 45-18, Riders, they beat the crap out of Lions. This- that game was... What, 15 points closer than it should have been? Oh, I was going to say least. the exact same thing. Like, th- th- that score flatters the Lions, and they got blown out. So should've, what does that say? It really should have been 48-3. to Anytime you can hold a, a Mike Riley-led offense to a field goal Three points. is yeah. a damn good game. This was the statement game our defense needed. Oh, it just, our defense played lights out. It was great to watch. And, you know, like you said, like, Mike Riley, I, I, I'm, I was, I'm kind of feeling bad for the guy. I'm not. He chose this. He, he chose it, but I don't think he expected this. That's the worst part. Like, I'm cool with it. He's got three quarters of a million dollars to cry into at the end of the season. Every every time they showed hats, yeah, a bunch of hats. Fifteen. Every time they showed him, you could just see like his soul just like slowly like crawling out of his eyes, just he that blank frust- stare. He's frustrated there. Well, we heard from Brian a couple of weeks. Was that last week or the week before? He's fighting with fans. He's uh, he's not the same Mike Riley that fans that we all, well, fan. Uh, Oh, by the way, Ryder Nation out in Vancouver, that was 
bloody amazing. I could not believe the amount of green in that sense. Yeah. Chat at the very end there. Yeah, the that home was, game. Yeah, that was basically a home game. That was amazing. So you guys started talking about the defense. Let's talk about that defense right off the top. Solomon El Mamian. Oh, this first, was his statement like, game. The first play of the game. They bring the heat, and he gets a sack on Mike Riley. Maybe it was the second play. I forget what it was, but it was there was less than like less than a minute was gone in the game, and Elamimian, boom! And I love that he got up and he was beacon at the Lions, right off the bat. That he was, was great. Amped for that game. Yeah, he was there to play. And that's the Solomon Elamimian that we wanted and that we signed. And I pray to God that's what he plays the rest of the year. I hope that's just not. I'm in Vancouver. I'm going to wreck wreck crap. But yeah, that was awesome. Can we can we give a shout out to L.J. McCray? You didn't hear his name, did you? Exactly. He I got beat once by uh, Burnham, but Burnham's who, a top five hasn't? receiver. So I mean, in your first game, that's not a bad uh, a bad go. But he uh, he played well. He played really well. A lot better than uh, Solomon Means and Micah Johnson and uh, Charleston Hughes both completely off the stat sheet. Yeah, another game without a sack for Micah Johnson, which I mean, come to expect, I guess. But and the defense he- still got another four sacks. And like Charleston, uh, Charleston Hughes, like they, they were just picking him up. Like there's sometimes he made some good moves, and he just got chipped by running back. And Mac Henry beat him to the sack. So. Yeah, Mac Henry got his first of the season. Zach Evans got his first of the season as well too. And you know what, Micah Johnson did not have a bad game by any means. He oh. was uh, he was all over the place, and he was getting pressure. He just hasn't gotten through. There's been probably half a dozen sacks where he's been the second guy on uh, on site all season. So he he'll get his. His hit soon enough. And this is what happens when you got four or five really good defensive linemen. Some guy, unfortunately, is probably going to get double teamed. And nine times out of ten, it's going to be Micah Johnson. And I promise you, he'll take, he'll lose that, you know, be happy to lose that $1,000 bet he has with Charleston Hughes about who's going to lead the team in sacks this year if it means he's taking the double teams and somebody else is getting all the glory. And the defense is playing just like that. If you're going to hold the team to three points in the CFL, is incredible. But at the same time, that PC offensive line is terrible. They suck. Oh, like, but which is worse, their offensive line or their defensive line from last game? They were bad. Two, two games, straight, two, two straight sack or two straight games without a sack against yeah. the Riders. Yeah. Like, not yeah. even that, but their runs. They, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna not get sacks and not give up pressure, you better be stopping the run. And they did not. Like William Powell had his best game as a rider by far. That that long one where he kind of got. Stacked up a bit because he ran into on the draw play. It was yeah. second and ten on the yeah. forty-two. Yeah, he kind of kind of runs into the back of his player. I'm like, oh, okay, kind of stalled there, and then he just wheels into the outside and he's and gone, o- and no o- one near him. And Odell Willis was uh, coming back on the play. He should have had him right when Powell got stacked up there against the the linebackers, and he just gave up. Didn't even bother. He just Cam Newtoned it and just backed away. That reminds me so much of Junior Murtal in that, was that the 2014 season? 2015. 2015, where the, the team just doesn't care. There's just no heart out there right now. But yeah, they're still in the first half. Of the, this is, We're barely a third out, and they don't care already? Hey, they're 1-6. Last time the BC Lions were 1-6. They <laughs> oh, won the Great Cup. I'm sick of hearing that. Uh, right? Yeah, congratulations. You got lightning struck once. They were right? also losing those games by 2 and 3 points. <laughs> they're losing these games by 30 points. Yeah. They lost the the two game back to back by forty points. They won one forty ga- points. They won one game by a bloody rouge. Like they have oh. nothing to hang their hat on. on they won on a failure. Yeah, that's how bad Toronto is. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about Toronto later, but oh, we probably won't because they suck too. Uh, so, um, I uh, speaking of sucking, the Riders special teams at least they're 
coverage teams. Kicking, don't ever kick it to Ryan Lankford ever again. He burned us when he was with Winnipeg because he's a former rider. This happens all this, all the freaking time. Did it for the Bombers. He did it for did, Ottawa. Did it for Ottawa, and now he's doing it for BC. This guy just explodes against the Riders. I mean, that missed field goal return. You got a bunch of old linemen out there. Of course, he's gonna you know run past them. My issue is with Ferraro, the kicker. The absolute <laughs> most god awful attempts at tackling I've ever seen. Tries to push the guy from the hash marks with his elbow and thinking he's going to get him out of bounds. That's your attempt at a tackle? No. Make him cut inside or, like, slow him up a little bit. That was terrible. I I bet for a kicker he's really tough. Because I bet that was his... Where's Jamie Borman? I I was going to say, if you're going to ever rank tackling from a kicker's perspective, it now goes from Ferraro to Jamie Borum. That's your 0 to 10 ranking right there. What's Pat McAfee doing nowadays? He just got a job Thursday Night Football, didn't he? Uh, no, college football, uh, and he's doing stuff for the WWE. He's doing like... Uh, of course he is. Pay, pay, pay-per-view, well, no, not, they're not even pay-per-views anymore, but like uh, the monthly special watch-along. So you can go on like www.com and watch the show with him and like a couch full of people as they talk about the show. That's absolutely something that I expect Pat McAfee to be doing. Yeah. Good for him. Greatest punter ever. Wow. And then kickoff return again, Ryan Langford taking it out and fake reverse and got to the outside. That, that, was, a hell, that was a hell of a play by Langford on that one. It, it screwed everyone up. Why don't kick returners do more of that? You start on the one side, you're on the, let's say you're on the left side, go to the right side. There's less people there. Everyone tries to run through the piles. No, run away from people. Why don't more teams do that? We tried to do it a bunch last game too. They were doing the fake reverses. Uh, I think I saw two, maybe three attempts at that from our side too. But the thing with that too is, though, if you have, if you, as a returner, you need to go forward because if you don't go forward and you go to the side and you lose yard or you make no, yeah, no for no for momentum, you're going back to the bench and you're getting not only your ear chewed off, is your butt's probably getting stapled to that bench. So that some like Lang- Langford lit us up. I still stand by that. Was it the punt return that um, one of our guys was getting absolutely mugged no matter what he did? That was the uh, field goal return. Yeah, field goal return. Like yeah, he, Davis he, was getting. Yeah, D- Davis. yeah, D- yeah. Dijon Davis was absolutely getting mugged on the ground trying to get up, and he couldn't. Uh, that probably should have been a flag, but yeah, that punt return was a great run. Kick return. Well, either one, both of them were. Not good. punt return. Oh, kick return. return. Yeah, sorry. Yes. And I bet you, Safeway or Sobies, who whatever they are now, is. Is thanking God that they didn't sign Dodge up for that, that bullet, touchdown yeah. to win. A million dollars. Yeah. Karen from Winnipeg probably <laughs> pissed off right now. Um, we'll keep with the special teams here. And uh, Luce Purifoy with uh, Purifoy with his safety kickoff return for a touchdown. Is it wrong that I kind of enjoy the fact that all three of those return touchdowns were by former Red Blacks? No. I just That's perfect. Guy, guys who, who they saw. Guys, I, I've already been blocked. And I didn't say anything. So can we please take it easy on our Red Blacks fans? Because they're, they're hurting right now. I'll consider it. Thank you. Um, so anyway, the... Uh, Hi, Andrea. My, my, my thing about this, though, is... Does Christian Jones ever see the field again? He ain't coming back. Nope. Because you got Thigpen who can return. You got Kyron Moore who can return. You got Luce Perifoy who had the you know kick return for a touchdown. He can clearly return. Which is funny because I expected 
Christian Jones to be a bigger part of our offense this year too. Like I thought, I thought so too. I've thought that since halfway through last year, but they never have any intention of using him. He's never practicing with the the first group. He he just never gets that look. And now he's got how many people to hurdle? It's uh, I think he might be out the door before before very long. Like Kyron Moore, that Kyron Moore spot seems to be where Christian Jones should fit in. But you're not taking Kyron Moore out. No, he's a better receiver. Oh, and he's a hell of a player. Like I said, he reminds me of Dressler so much, and I like everything about him. Except he's got better dance moves than Dressler ever did. Way better. Way better. <laughs> Sorry, Weston. Um, hey, let's flip the ball to the offense here. Let's start. You guys mentioned uh, William Powell already. Three touchdowns and, what, 148 yards or whatever it was. So Kicking myself for not putting him into fantasy. But... Nobody cares about fantasy. your fantasy team. Nobody cares about your fantasy team. That's I what care. I keep getting told. Whenever somebody talks fantasy, nobody cares about your fantasy football team. You say that now, but if I lose fantasy this week, I'll have the greatest avatar ever on my uh, Twitter picture. Yeah, the that. unicorn. Yeah. Uh, so William Powell's great. He's okay, and that's why we signed. And that's why we signed him. And Ottawa didn't want him at all. I don't think he would fit in that offense. They don't like to move the ball forwards. So he seems to do, be doing pretty good here. Corey Watson. If I told you that Corey Watson was our leading receiver in a game, would you have think the score forty-five to eighteen would have happened for the Riders, or would nope. you think it would have been forty-five eighteen the other way? Before the season, not a I, chance. If I see that box score and I see one hundred and seventy yards passing or whatever it was for Fajardo, and Corey Watson leads the team with fifty some odd yards or sixty yards, whatever he got, I'd be like, we got killed that game. He uh, speaking of Fajardo, he really mad nickels that game up, didn't he? That was a total game manager job. Yeah, not have to do anything. Oh, I know it worked. Don't get me wrong, it worked. We had the, had the ball on their side of half, ninety percent of that game. Oh, I know. He didn't have to throw the ball deep. He didn't have to do anything other than let BC shoot themselves in the foot. I know the field position was great. I think only once did we have a. Did the uh, we had that what one punt that went a little too far, but yeah, one one time John Ryan, John Ryan, yeah, and the next time he robbed Mavard. Yep, yeah, he, he had a great follow up punt to his to his John Ryan. It was so much better when he robbed Mavard that yeah. kick. That was great. Was great. Um, so Cody Fajardo, does all he have to be as a, as a game manager? Because we've seen games where he lights it up for four hundred plus yards and looks great doing it. But is this? What we saw this past week against BC, is this what is going to be more of the offense where it's a little bit more conservative, take your chances when you, when you have them, like the Kyron Moore pump-and-go touchdown, I, and just feed the ball to Powell? I yeah. think we see more of what we saw uh, in games the game last week and the game versus Toronto where they did take chances deep. They, they didn't have to this week. I mean, like we said, when you start the ball at your 50 or farther down the field... You don't really have to take all those chances. You know, I don't expect we'll win that the field position battle that well in most games. And I, I think we'll see more of that going forwards. But it's going to be mistake-free football. That's what's going to be key for them. And that's exactly it. Like, it's... Um, the offense this year has been a little more... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not so vanilla as opposed as last year was. Yeah, where... they've opened up the second and third pages. Oh, that's in nice. The playbook. I know, and that's good because they need to. And this week was just let's okay. get out of this game unscathed, and we got a bigger game against Hamilton coming up. And actually, that's a good thing to mention right there is is injuries. They came out with none. 
First time in a long time, actually. Yeah. So I don't remember the last game we escaped. Especially going into a short week, that's absolutely huge. Uh, Thaddeus Coleman went down, but he came back and, and, and played the rest of the game after that. So that, not nothing to worry about there. The rest of the team, yeah, it's all kind of smooth sailing for, for the team right now in terms of health, which is good. And Yeah, Derek Taylor said all 24 starters from last week yeah. were at practice on day one. And McKinnis is back, too. McKinnis is back, and uh, uh, Brendan Labatt's, He's eligible to come off this week. Probably won't. Probably take another week or two with him. But I don't think I don't expect we don't him to need, be on we, the sixth game again. They'll probably one game him from here on out. We and we don't like we're not scrambling for him. Like last week when Blake goes down, if Bladek wasn't ready, like I don't know what was what was next. And I was worried about them putting uh, Bladek in too early, taking him off the injured list too too early just to press him in because of the injuries, but. Him and Dan Clark were absolute road graders all game. When you're running for 220 yards total team offense on, in rushing, I mean, your old line's doing something good. And special shout-out to uh, Dan Clark as well, uh, Regina Boy as well. Hey, he played in his 100th game, which is I, great, and he celebrated by providing the, the roadblock blocks, road grading blocks, like... There's no better way for an offensive line. I mean, maybe for Dan Clark because he has two touchdowns in his career. He could have celebrated with a touchdown. But really, there's no better celebration for an old lineman to celebrate a milestone than having your team run for 200-plus yards. And don't, and I've given Dan Clark hell in the past for we his play. Yep. Um, but 100 games in the league, that's something special. And he's only getting better, which is weird to say that that injury was it two years ago. Yep. All of a sudden, it seemed like a switch flipped and... He's been, he hasn't hasn't been the same old offensive lineman since. He's been amazing. Yeah, yeah. I remember the the moment that we that we switched. We used to bag on him. He wasn't he wasn't holding up. He wasn't doing well. Gets hurt, comes back, and he's been a beast ever since. So good on him, and congrats on a hundred games. Yeah, absolutely. It's a hell of a feat. One more thing before we get uh, moving on here, and and this is a good question, Greg. You brought this forward. Would you rather have a great QB, like a Mike Riley, and a terrible O line, like the BC Lions? Or would you rather have a good line, good O line, and an experienced in and would you rather or a good O line and an inexperienced quarterback? Right now, with BC Lion being exhibit A, I will take the inexperienced quarterback and an offensive line giving him all the time in the world. In a salary cap world, absolutely. Look at the NFL. Russell West or Westbrook, that's the wrong sport. <laughs> Russell Wilson. They won the Super Bowl in his second year. He was making, you know, league, just above all, league just above league minimum. He was a third round pick. Yeah. But you put a great team around him. He doesn't have to be a superstar. And then you look what happens with okay, who's the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL? You got Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, uh, Matt Stafford for some ungodly <laughs> reason. You no, know who's not in the top ten? Shut oh, up. There you no. go. Yeah. Because yeah, he he's, doesn't he's have the guy to get that gets it. He's, he's no, but Tom Brady's the guy that gets super model money. Yeah. Well, that too. <laughs> Believe me, if your wife can make more money than you can, go ahead and do it. But but that's the point, though. He knows he needs the team around him. Exactly. He, he always takes more money up front and less money in the long run so we, so they can build a team around that's him. That's smart. Did you just ask this question solely so you could bring up... Tom Actually, Brady? I didn't even come up until he started talking NFL. Right. But you look at it, the, the top NFL paid quarterbacks, none of them made the playoffs last year. Nope. Was it on the top ten? I think nine of them didn't make the the playoffs last year. Or some stupid stat like that that I that I read going into the play the NFL playoffs last season. But you don't need that high priced quarterback to win anymore. 
that's just the way a salary cap world works. You need to have, especially in a game like football, and I get, I get it in the, you know, the NBA where you only have 12 players on your team, or even to an extent the NHL, you have 23 players on your team. You need to have those top stars making the, that big money. What you, what you need to find is the, is the quarterback who's willing to take $450,000 above the table and then that Cavis Reed envelope under the table for the other you know, 250, 300 grand. And just make yeah, sure that's why Manziel went to Montreal. And just make sure your team isn't owned by the league. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it might not yeah. be a, a bad idea. <laughs> uh, so yeah, consensus. Rather have a, a good old line and a. Young What's this item line on the budget envelope? <laughs> we spent a lot of money on stationery. Company business. Sorry, Cavus. I'm not sorry. The opening kickoff brought to you by Kathy Fession of Royal Page of John Realty. I want to get. You having that question? We got some really good questions this week, and uh, we throw this out on our social media, Twitter at PifflesPod, and our Facebook, Facebook.com/slash PifflesPodcast. You know, give us some topics. Let's discuss them. Um, this was my favorite one, and this is and and to you guys making fun of Ottawa fans, I do it too. But um, this is a really good question. This is from Andrea, who's an Ottawa fan. Will low turnout across the league this season translate into low turnout at Grey Cup? It seems like many regulars. I know we're not going this year, especially, but not exclusively in the East. And I like this question. So I think it will turn into low t- lower turnout at the Grey Cup from regulars. You're not going to have the people that have been in the East. And we've seen, like, okay, last year was in Edmonton, but the few years before that, all the games were out East and you start seeing a lot more of the Eastern fans out there. But now traveling across Canada is stupid expensive and then on top of that, you got to pay 400 bucks for a game that there's no guarantee your team's going to be in. And if you're a fan of Ottawa right now, you know your team's not going to be in. Sorry, I had to throw another little dig at them there. But, <laughs> Sorry. but it's... And that's why going back and forth for the Grey Cup, I think, is important. You go to the East so the people in the East get a year respite, so to speak. They don't have to pay to go all the way across. Go a year in the West, the people in the West. And then you'll still have the people that will travel to every one. Mm-hmm. But at least they're not the guys, the people from the east. That's this is gonna be next year's gonna be three in the west in a row. Yeah, and that's that's ridiculous. And that's you can't expect those people to keep on forking out money to travel to Edmonton, Calgary, and Regina. Not when you can fly to Europe for the same amount of money it costs you to fly three provinces over. And so then just getting, ask Charleston Hughes. And then getting tickets to a game to the game though too. Like I know it's oh, the, the games are, game. are still more. And once again, the CFL starting to. We talked about this already. CFL. Is used to be the family, take your family and be fine. And They've not... outpriced that in the regular season, and now they're starting to outprice this in the Great Cup. I get it. It's a championship game. It should cost a lot of money, and you know you make it a big spectacle, and that's great. Look at the Super Bowl. You can't get a ticket for under like ten grand or something stupid like that. But that's sold to... The Super Bowl tickets aren't for the fans. They're for bloody they're for cor- corporate. corporations. Yeah. And the CFL's starting to turn that way in terms of pricing. They're still more geared towards the fan than the NFL ever will be, and... I think that's one of the reasons why we all love this league, but we're starting to go towards the more, you know, richer fans than than just the average. But this is also why you're not Joe. seeing temp seats in Calgary being put up for the Great Cup, because people aren't going to be going to sit in crappy temp seats well, and paying 150 bucks for them. It's no different than that that NFL game that's happening in Winnipeg. You look when they launched those tickets, those upper the four corners that were the low-priced, budget-friendly spots were gone instantly. The rest of the stadium is empty. There's a lot of those on resale right now. I went and looked the other day. There's a lot of blue on that map. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it for a second. 
that, that is going to be a poorly attended game until they start papering it. But but the fact remains, I think the biggest problem is is the cost of attending, especially the cost of tickets. You can justify a, a plane ticket if you know the well, cost of the game is. And you got the you got the parties and everything too, and of course you're drinking out there too, so that costs there. You know, there's a couple hundred bucks in budget right there easily. And then all the food and everything as well, and and that comes into it. So at that point, you're like, we might as well just go to the game, especially if your team's not in it. And that's I've heard that from, especially from a lot of people from the east, is they're going for the party, and they got a ticket to the game, and like, well, if my team's in the game, I'll go to the game. But if not, I'm probably just going to sell my ticket to some local or someone whose team is whose fan whose team is in the game, and I'll go just watch the game in the bar. And they they outpriced it. I'm afraid to see what we're going to have next year. Next year. I'm glad that I pay the cheapest tickets in the in the stadium right now. Because what I'm curious is, our, is our season ticket cost going to be equal to the cost of our game day ticket? Or our game yes. day hit ticket's probably going to be more. God. Yes. To both of you. <laughs> uh, other question here from uh, Steve. Um, not you, Steve. Is that Kai? The other Steve. <laughs> Is Corey Chamberlain's dismal head coaching record of 0-15 oh. in his last 15 games indicative of his coaching ability or more to the fact or idea he hasn't had a legitimate starting quarterback other than a couple games with Kevin Glenn? Yes. No. Corey Chamberlain is not a good head coach. No. But Great defensive he was coordinator. The, he was the right guy at the right time for the Riders in 2012. He brought a team that was a five-win team in 2011, brought him to an eight-win team, and within a friggin' Drew Tate pump fake touchdown of getting to the Grey Cup in 2012. And I've said this before, and I truly believe it. I could have coached that 2013 team to a Grey Cup. I know some of the players will say, no, we wouldn't have got there without Corey Chamberlain. Fine. I could have coached that team to a Grey Cup. That team was loaded. If they didn't win the Grey Cup, there was a freaking problem. Oh, and that is true. But at the same time, there was a lot of egos on that team, and Corey Chamberlain had the right attitude to be leading that team. You needed a, you needed a guy like him to bring everyone in check. And I mean, he did start out six and zero, or eight and two, or whatever it was in twenty fourteen before Durant got hurt, and then after that it went all off the rails. And he's only won two games since then, not including preseason, of course. Yeah, it has something to do with not having a bona fide starting quarterback. But even then, you should win a game here or there. He's like two and twenty two in his last twenty four games. I mean, the Montreal Alouettes in the last two years have won at least two games every year. You know he should have won a couple over that stretch. Team can't do anything about it. They're handcuffed by the salary cap and by this coaching thing. And that's well, that's exactly what because you was have say. to pay him out his full contract. But the thing is, and that's the reason why he's coaching that team is because he was familiar with everyone on that staff already. When uh, Tressman left for the XFL, or he got fired, I guess, and then went to the XFL, um, they were hamstrung too. They didn't know what, the team ha- had to bring someone in who could work with that staff they already had. And that and was, was Chamberlain. He was their DC. Yeah, so they, they brought Chamberlain back. Because if not, you're gonna bring you're gonna hire uh, some head coach who then couldn't pick his own staff. That's the reason why Dickinson ended just rolling in over because he couldn't hire his own staff either. Uh, I, I always said this: the salary cap for the coaches is one of the worst moves the CFL ever made. It's stupid. It do do we think change. it lasts into next year? Uh, they'll have to. Thanks. So. <laughs> Things I don't understand how they they're, they're just going to strike. They just can't strike it because that's such a an about face. Maybe they'll phase it out, but they'll have some tweaks to it. But I don't think they can get rid of it right away. They should. 
Don't get me wrong. I just don't think it'll happen. And the, the, I don't even know how they could put it in because technically there's no coaches' union, so this seems kind of yeah. They're all contractors essentially. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised that there hasn't been a legal challenge at some point. Uh, before we move on, one more thing about Toronto. Anybody else happy that Bear Woods is back in the CFL? Oh, oh so happy. Guy. My I don't, favorite guy. I don't know why he like. I don't know why they well probably salary cap reasons, but like. Yeah, hell of a player vet leadership back in toronto but anyway he's back and uh he oh. seems happy to be back when we so. play them can we request an interview with bear Wood? i just want to listen to that man talk he's for crazy. 10 minutes awesome. hey what's your pregame ritual home you, game or you, away music food to eat anything what gets you pumped up heading uh to the game or watching on tv and that comes from david i don't really got a pregame ritual anymore i basically grab my jersey grab my hat and Listen to some pregame and take the bus to the game. That's find my I mean, seat. I mean, home game for me is ninety uh, percent of it is yeah. It's, it's all a process. It's get up, make sure my beer's in the fridge. That's the first thing I do on game day. Get uh, get ready about three hours before I leave for tailgate and sit in a chair and let my wife paint my face and glue horns on my head and and do all that crap. And Your wife's a saint. I know. I know. I'm going near that face. Right, but. Away games? Make them gun. Oh, yeah. We'll knock two off at the same time here. Sheldon Jones, special shout-out to him for his anniversary, Tammy. Um, what's up with Patrick Lavoie? Six games is up. Is he practicing? Nope. No idea what's going on. Nope. I haven't heard a thing about what Yeah, what, That's uh, been super cool. I, I kind of like, where's Lavoie? Like, I haven't heard about him in a while. I'm like, oh, did yeah, he play in the game. preseason? He did, didn't he? Nope. Nope. Got hurt in uh, training camp. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the one thing I've noticed this year is they're a lot more secretive again with anything that's wrong. Craig Dickinson does not like giving out any tidbits whatsoever. I'm all for anything. it. I'm all for it. Why give the the opposition anything to work with? But as fans, we're sitting here wondering, you know, what happened to Brendan Labatt? What happened to Patrick Lavoie? All we know is they start the season on the sixth game and. Maybe they'll be back. Maybe. Uh, parachuting. Like skydiving? Or pants? Uh, I think both. Both are no's for me. Par- pants and, and jumping out of a plane. If your goal is to jump out of a plane and land on the ground, guess what? You can do that by not jumping out of the plane and just staying on the ground. That's where I'm at with parachuting. I had this discussion with with Kenton, uh, Kenton DeYoung Travel, our web guy. He, uh... He asked me, would I go skydiving? My response was, hell no. You would have to physically throw me out of a plane. And surprisingly, a bunch of people jumped up and offered to do that. So no. I, no. Was, uh, yeah, I felt the love on that, but no, <laughs> not you, a chance. You hell. are the most intriguing psych study I've ever seen in my life. Scared of, like, you have to get drugged up for a road trip to Winnipeg. No. Because road trips scare you. But you'll go in a pressurized tube and be fine. But to jump out of that pressurized tube is a bridge too far? I'm I'm an enigma. Okay. Don't don't uh, ever try to make sense of me. It, it won't work. Psych psych people have been trying for years. And uh, really quickly, I know we've talked about this the last couple of weeks, but Sean asks again: Zach Caleros is off the injured list after this Hamilton game. How do the Riders handle that? Uh, thank you for your service, Zach Caleros. Here's your gold watch. Go away. <laughs> In a perfect world, ding 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 ding. That's the right answer. Uh, in this uh, reality that we have, he probably comes back as the backup. Uh, to Cody Fajardo, you can't take, especially if Fajardo wins this game against Hamilton. I, I've seen you people can't take him out. I've seen people try to say, "Oh, they can trade him." To who? Well, Toronto ain't tanking him. 
Nobody's Hamilton's taken not taking him. No. Yeah, the you either release you either release him or you. I mean, if he gets released, I could see Toronto or Hamilton going. Uh, okay, we'll, kick we'll sign you for yeah, right. We'll sign you for a few bucks and come on out. But nobody's gonna trade for him. Like, and and was it Ivan Goodfred said this week that uh, there's no way he would yeah, clear him. That there's no way he should be cleared, and he's right. No, he suffered what six concussions in Calendar in his year. career and four in the last years. you know the last year and a bit. He's got to think about his post-football career. I hope he never suits up. Not because I don't want to see him on the field, but I don't want to see him lying on the field again. Yep. So, uh, it's just a matter of time before that happens again. Yeah. Uh, we got to move on here. Uh, keep sending those questions in Pitfuls Podcast on uh, Facebook and on Twitter as well. We'll always make a note of them and bring some of them to the table. Uh, the CFL Tweet of the Week. Steve. You have it, hopefully I in do. front of you. I do. Uh, give me one moment here. Let's, uh, let's so hear it. So we all watched in, well, I, I don't want to say horror because it's not, it wasn't horror, it was pure glee, uh, as Ottawa did whatever it was that they did at the end of that game versus Calgary. That safety is easily the worst coaching decision I've seen in a while. I thought he was a special teams genius, by the way. I he admitted afterwards that he would not have done that again if he had the choice. He also said, but it wasn't not a no-brainer. Yeah, that, that was... When you've got the guy, a punter who's currently on pace to break the all-time punting record and a four-point lead... He didn't give up a touchdown all game. All of a sudden, you're worried seven about... Seven quarters against Calgary. Yeah. They didn't give up a touchdown to him. Make them drive the field instead of only getting to the 50-yard line and taking a, ch- a chance at a game-winning field goal. So it is a no-brainer. So we saw a lot of a lot of anger coming out of Ottawa after that game. A lot of fire. Rick Campbell and Marcel Desjardins a bum, and you know all, <laughs> all all this. But uh, a friend of the show, Vince Roulet, had easily the best tweet regarding what went down in the last what three minutes of that game. So he goes, and it's at Vincent Roulet. He says, "So wow, what a weird ass dream. Get this." I dream that the Redbacks are leading by four and somehow, miraculously, what? No, 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 hear me out. Miraculously force a fumble at their one-yard line late in the game. No, no, the best part is coming. And then, wait. What? Oh, for sakes. And then the picture of uh, Dad from Malcolm in the Middle saying a not-family-friendly word. And I I love his response to that game. Because you can get mad. We've all seen fans get mad. He had fun with it. I mean, he's still mad, but there, there is the CFL tweet of the week. Yeah, for I mean, I felt bad for Ottawa fans on that one, mostly because I wanted Ottawa to win that game, and it's like, holy crap, we could be tied for Calgary. We're tied with Calgary now, and uh, not you just screwed over the entire West Division. So thanks a lot for nothing, yeah. Ottawa. I went four for four two weeks in a row. That's all I know. Oh, congratulations! You picked the favorites. <laughs> See, I'm no, not... I took Montreal. I took Montreal uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, I'm so not mad I... that Ottawa lost that one, though. Not not for any nefarious reasons, but... If a team's going to lose spectacular like that, I'm all for it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if they doesn't wanna, matter who the team yeah, is. Yeah, if they want to pour gas on themselves and light themselves on fire, I'm fine with it. I, I was more thinking from a crossover standpoint. The more those bottom two teams can lose, nah, the happier we'll, I am. We'll pass Edmonton. I, I hope so, but I want to I wanna keep or our Calgary. options open. Or Calgary. Yeah. Um, or Winnipeg. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, we'll do that in the West Final. Let's move on. Time for this week's Underdogs Memorabilia. Time for this week's Underdogs Memorabilia Piffles Player Profile. Steve, you got able to head out to practice again uh, again recently. You got to talk to defensive back 
Ailey Buka this week. Now, uh, you resigned in Saskatchewan this offseason as a free agent. What made you come back to Saskatchewan? Uh, it's, a, it's just a great place to be. When it comes to football in Canada, uh, I just love the Ryder Nation. You know, they, they, they show so much love in the organization here. And, you know, and there's great staff here. And, I, you know, it's, it's like coming back home. So, you know, it's, it's, I'm glad to be back. Now, growing up, uh, did you have a favorite CFL team? Did you follow the CFL? Uh, yes, obviously I'm from Montreal, so the Alouettes, definitely. <laughs> Uh, but as you grow older, you just start, you know, following football more and, you know, looking at players more than teams, you know, so. That's definitely fair. Now, speaking of players, who would you say you've uh, modeled your game after? In the CFL? Yeah. Um, actually, um, when I was going up to go to the draft, I think I reached out to Javon Johnson. Uh, I was looking at a lot of film on him. I just liked the way he played the game. He was one of the only DB that was named defensive MVP, and I was, you know, that's kind of like a good model to, you know, to follow. So that was the guy I kind of looked up to a lot. And he had a heck of a career here in the CFL, so that's a good guy to, to model your game after. Now, you, you've uh, spent a little time down south in the NFL. What have you seen as the biggest differences between playing in the defensive backfield here versus uh, down south? Uh, obviously, the field is smaller. Uh, you, you definitely got to play the game differently. You know, uh, you know the running motion and stuff like that. Um, the zones uh, close out faster in the NFL, so the balls come out super quick. You know, so you have to react to that quicker. Uh, but you know, talent-wise, you know, there's great talent here. There's great talent down there. Uh, it's just a different game, really. Now, uh, that's enough about football. We want to get to know more about you. Uh, when you're not watching film or in the gym or practicing, what do you do to keep busy? Uh, I, I like to educate myself. You know, um, I read a lot. Um, I, I, I'm doing a course right now, a financial course right now. Um, yeah, or oh, I reach out to family. I'm an outdoorsy guy. Sometimes I'll go kind of wander around, you know, and, which is a great place to do that in Regina. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think that I travel a lot in the off season. So when it comes to season, I like to have my little routine. I go to practice, watch film, and then I read and kind of keeps things calm, you know. Now you mentioned travel. What's your favorite place to travel in the CFL? Uh, in the CFL, in Canada? Yeah. Uh, obviously, I love to go back home. Definitely, I have to go to Montreal. But uh, yeah, Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, the big Calgary, definitely, because that's where I went to school. And I have a lot of friends and family there. So, so a little bit of everywhere. everywhere. Now, you, now, you've got an open plane ticket. You go anywhere in the world. Money's not a, a, a worry. Where do you want to go? Money's not a worry? Oh, no. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very good. I, I would definitely, uh, it's been on my bucket list for a while. I've been to Europe. Uh, before, but I would like to tour Europe uh, probably for a few weeks, you know, um, go to all the different countries. The thing about Europe is there's a lot of different countries and everything, every country is different, so I would like to visit that. <laughs> now, uh, kind of on the same length, uh, you, got a, you got a chance to travel back in time, talk to anybody in, in Earth's history. Mm -hmm. Who do you want to talk to? Nelson Mandela. Um, for somebody that was so selfless to do what he did, and go to prison for that long and accept the punishment that come out and forgive, that's a, uh, that's a special man right there. If I could just spend 15 <laughs> minutes with him, I'd, I would be more than grateful. <laughs> that, would, that would change a lot of people's lives to, to spend 15 minutes like that. Definitely. Do you got any hidden talents? Hidden talents? Ooh, that's a good question. Hidden <laughs> talents. Um, I would say my friend know me for uh, to have a good ear for music. Um, I used to play a lot of instruments growing up. 
Uh, I stopped playing these instruments because I was focusing more on football. But my genre of music, I listen to a lot of different things, and I have good ear for music. If I have another job, I would like to be a DJ somewhere, like traveling the world, being a DJ. I just I love music that much, and I like music, mixing music and stuff like that. So definitely that. What's the number one play, a song on your on your iTunes playlist right now that you're uh, you're listening to? See, I'm a mood guy, so it depends <laughs> on the mood. Give me a situation, I'll give you a song. Let's see. Just just finished a workout. You know, you're just trying to calm down after what I imagine is a difficult one. What, what's the first song comes on? Um, uh, Refuse the Soul, uh, In the Bloom, the long song, the long In the Bloom. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to that as soon as I uh, get out of here. So. Uh, and then the last segment here, we just want to throw a couple of quick questions at you. First answer that comes to mind, Coke or Pepsi? Uh, that's easy. That's Coke. <laughs> Good answer. Coke. <laughs> uh, favorite Saturday morning cartoon? Oh, cartoon. Cartoon. I would say Family Guy. Family Guy. Favorite breakfast cereal? Oh, back to it. Nice. That's, I, we haven't had that one yet really? before. Yeah, we usually get like the Captain Crunch or the Fruit Loop, you know, those, uh, those I'm, I'm cheap a, meals, right? I'm a healthy yeah. guy, so I like the vector. Good choice. Mm -hmm. And uh, last question, dogs or cats? Oh, dogs. 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 <laughs> I, would, I would have three, four dogs if I could. We get that one pretty much. Yeah, I think Peter Diakoski last year was the only guy who has ever said cats. Really? So, I mean, that's that's a pretty common answer there. And thanks again for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you. So there's Ailey Buka on this week's Underdogs Memorabilia, Underdogs Memorabilia Piffles Player Profile. Let's move on here. This game coming up against Hamilton. This week's Tallgrass Apparel Enemy Preview. So no German Mazoil. <laughs> no corn oil. No corn oil. No Jeremiah Mazzoli for the rest of the season for Hamilton. And, and can we just, for one, tell everybody that said that that was karma for the Simone Lawrence hit on Zach Claros? Can, can I get my one swear? Piss off. Can I get my one Absolutely. swear? Absolutely. Because you guys got a swear already? Anyone who said that, go fornicate yourself with an iron stick. That was... Ouch. That is, like, come on. It's not karma. Mazzoli had nothing to do with it. That was a non-contact injury. Yeah. So those are the worst. You hate seeing those. Yeah. Remember how Ryder fans were... Or, there were certain fans of other teams that, and not all of them, it was the one percenters that, ah, Darian Durant, when he tore his Achilles on a non-contact thing. And that's the first thing I thought of was Darian jumping up to remember see how, the play and just went down in and a Remember how Ryder fans were pissed off at other fans for for making fun of that? Well, this is the exact same thing. Don't don't be that, no, that guy. No, nobody wants to see star quarterbacks of this league. Now, that's six now. Six of the nine starting quarterbacks. That's nuts. How the hell is Mike Riley? That's exactly the what one I was still saying. standing. He's the man in the CFL. Good lord, I I feel bad for Masoli. He's he's yeah. by all accounts a good dude, and plays the game the right way. In a contract a year, first yeah. place in the East with a, basically a buy to the Grey Cup. I don't know now. Montreal's not that. Montreal's not that far. Yeah. Raise your hand if you predicted Montreal would be the Eastern Division champions, and now put your hands down, you liar. I picked Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, 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 I at least I at least picked Hamilton. I'll I took live and the favorite. Die on that one. I, I will always admit that one. Okay. I'm I not, took I'm Hamilton. Not, Although I think I had Toronto like I'm, second or third. I'm pulling for Montreal though. I think what they're doing is oh, great. That's fantastic. Uh, I had Ottawa. I do, although I did have Ottawa dead last in, in the East. I, I, much, I, I, I had Montreal. Yeah. Bet, I think we all had Ottawa at the bottom. So anyway, no Mazzoli. Dane Evans is going to play this game, and maybe get some tips from David Watford, who signed with Hamilton. Not how to throw the ball, how to line up as a receiver. Or how to read our playbook.
Craig Dickinson in one of his scrums. This was fantastic. They they asked him about, uh, oh, what do you think about the Ticats getting David Watford? He said they can have him. <laughs> I mean, we cut him. How great is that? They can have him. He's clearly not good enough to be on our team. Yeah, yeah go ahead, buddy. You're not going to give him anything because you clearly can't make this Actually, team. I, I have to laugh at uh, 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 Duran there po- pointing out how all these people are getting signed and le- the other guys aren't. I'm like, yeah, you ain't wrong. Like, yeah, but he also said the guys he played with in 2017, I know. You know, they're all ones and twos now. And no, David Watford is a four or five who's you know taken up a spot until... Masoli comes back next year. We'll always have that preseason game where we look good. I mean, he he's a guy that we needed to bring on a defensive back to play quarterback and have him as a wide receiver. I had a laugh, though. Every time I look at like the XFL Spring League stuff, because we're doing all those test games right now, yep. I see Marquise Williams all the time. Yep. I see Trent Richardson all the time. I was like, what is going on here? I wonder what they're up to right yeah. now. Uh, so, no Masoli, Possibly no Brandon Banks. So Hamilton's without their two best offensive players. No Tracy and no... no and they're on to their backup running back because uh, Sean Thomas Erlington is uh, hurt. still hurt. Simone Lawrence, this is the second game of his uh, two-game suspension. That sucks. I really wanted to boo him. Uh, you knew that was... You, I know. You, when they were getting drug out, it was like, yeah, this is getting a little too close to the Regina game. Exactly. So this is a team that's kind of hurting right now. I don't feel sorry for him in any way, but... They're they're right for the picking right now. Unf- injuries happen, unfortunately, and just every other team's dealing with them. But the the good the good news is for Hamilton, I guess, minus the Mazzoli thing, is this is still early in the season, and, and they're the, in the east. Even. And they're, they're they're in the east, and they aren't going to lose too much of a, a gap if they go on a bit of a slide or a bit of a hiccup. They'll be able to pick it up pretty easily. It's it's all going to depend on how fast Dane Evans can. Be the number one, and they can they can take their time with him. They can they can live and die with him. Let him work his way into that roster, because again, they're in the East. But the worst part is though, with without Banks, without Sean Thomas Erlington, he's got those those are two very important weapons that he doesn't have. Uh, Banks changes the dynamics of, any, of that offense completely. So it's that's the bigger one. Yeah, Absolutely. it's it, it's going it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to but it's going to be tighter than a lot of people think. I think. So the Riders are three and three. First third of the season is done for them. Is this the season to find a game for the team? Yeah. Now that it's no longer against Mazzoli and Banks and, and the full Hamilton roster. It's not a defining game, but they need to keep the momentum they got kicking the Lions while they were down and keep it going forward. Uh, like everyone says, you oh, you guys haven't beat the Riders haven't beaten anybody. They've only beaten Toronto and and but and but see, look at what look at what Edmonton's beaten. They've beaten Toronto. They've beaten BC twice, and they beat Montreal in the first week of the season with Antonio Pipkin. So tell me exactly who, and and, and they lost to Montreal their second game. Yeah. They, they should have lost that first game to Montreal too. That is true. Tell me who Edmonton's beaten. But everyone's talking about how they're they're a good team. Tell me who they've beaten. They've beaten the same teams the Riders have. So don't give me that. But the thing, the thing about every team plays those teams. The, th- the thing about, and we talked about this already. There's always going to be excuse for why the Riders are winning or why the Riders are looking good. They win this game. All well, it doesn't matter. Only in banks. Yeah, you know, there's no banks, no Simone, no this, no that. Like, you you play who's put in front of you. You win the games. Are uh, no Claros, no Labat. Like, well, Claros isn't there. <laughs> it's still a I, I, I know, but 
you got to win the games you play. As stupid as that sounds, but it's true. Like you, you can't. You can, these games aren't played on paper. You you play who you play, and you win who you win when you win. And every single game is different. Yeah. Every week it's different. We'll look back to our game against Hamilton to open up the season. We had to go without our starting quarterback for every play, but the first three because he got knocked out. And then you know, they still had football. a chance at the very end yeah. of the and game. Then and then Fajardo got knocked out, and Harker took over. Yeah. Like, we were down to our third stringer. Yeah. Well, can I bring a, a quick thing about our third string quarterback right now? Really quick. Bre- uh, Bennett. That guy is the smartest man on the planet. Not only is he playing really decent as a third string quarterback, doing everything he has, he's ma- making a killing on special teams. Yeah. And when they break down the rule that next year to two quarterbacks, I could see him being on the roster as an extra linebacker, so he's the emergency quarterback. Yeah. Like he, He's made himself more valuable by playing special teams. Yeah, good for I, I meant to bring that up earlier, and I just remembered it. Anything else about this game you guys want to kind of talk about before game starts? I'm glad we're getting our Thursday night football game out of the way. Oh, Thursday night games suck. I, I hate them so much. Like, I get it. It's a thing with TSN now, and they, they, they do the big pomp and circumstance. But also, the draw of it with the concert kind of kills it when the Riders are doing a concert every game this year. Ooh, Chad Brownlee. Who hasn't seen Chad Brownlee before? There's nothing against nothing against. I haven't Chad seen Chad Brownlee. Brownlee okay, well. Can we get some music that's not country music? No, because this is Saskatchewan. This is all we do. But this is this is countrywide. They they had a country guy in in BC, and they had a rock group in Calgary, and a country group in BC. The Northern Pikes. Yeah. Um, uh, then, well, uh, before us is classified at the Toronto game. Makes the rappers. Sense. Yeah, I want that. Yeah. Behind the curtains, um, you know why TSN is really pushing country is because Bell Media owns all the pure country mm-hmm. stations right. across Canada. So right. former Big Dog 92.7 yeah. here in Regina yeah. is now pure country 92.7 owned by Bell, yeah. which owns TSN. I was wondering whether well, I was so wondering whether pure country commercials on Bell country kick right now, and that's nothing TSN has control over. That's Bell saying. You're gonna put a country country act in there because we like country. Yeah, because when Jay Eagleson went down and they had to replace him, they replaced him with another country act right away. Oh, that the girl, the yeah. Re, Emily Reed or whatever. Yeah. She's from Regina. Fun fact: she's born in Regina. Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah, she's a lot older than uh, she looks. Too. Yeah. She's 27. Yeah, yeah. So if you're doing your half your age plus seven, <laughs> <laughs> hey! I think it's safe now for you, bud. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, get away with these uh, Thursday. <laughs> are counting oh man i'm old <laughs> um yeah these thursday night games they gotta go they're just stick to friday saturday in, in the summer have your sunday games too until the nfl starts well especially market a market like saskatchewan where you have so, so many, many fans travel out. right you got people coming from saskatchewan there's people that come from calgary and Even edmonton big, and... big markets like vancouver and toronto like that yeah. too i mean they have their own separate issue of of getting fans out to games but you're not going to want to stay downtown two hours after you're off work just to go to a game. No, you want to get out of downtown. You want to get the hell out of there. Honestly, I have... And you're not going to travel to downtown I, 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 at that I, time. I don't like Thursday night games. I don't hate them as much as you guys do. But I don't understand the doubleheader. What's that's the point? Worse. Like, why Why are they doing a doubleheader on a Thursday? No one cares. That's the worst part. You couldn't get a doubleheader on Friday? And and the reason why he's got to be is there a poker tournament on TSN? And it's got the, they had to put the riders in one of them because that's the only way you're going to get people to stick around for the second game. Yeah, that's true. Hey, really quick, will Gainer have a stuffed tiger on the sidelines? Will yes. he grab it by the stuffed junk? No, not by the junk, but he will at least probably power bomb it. I don't think he'll have one. I think he'll have it, but he's going to be very 
<laughs> he's gonna throw it on the ground. He's gonna kind of look at it, and he'll just like grab it and walk it off, very delicately. Actually, I could see I could see don't, him going complete o- like complete opposite. Like we're talking, like he's gonna like whine and die in this tiger the entire night. Page two of the notes. Oh my! That's Lord. right. We actually make notes sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't uh, show, but uh, all this has is our pickup yeah, on it. Contrary to popular belief, yeah. this show is planned. Well, kind of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one more thing before we get going here: our pickup for week eight. Winnipeg at Toronto. <laughs> James I took Wal- the wrong moment to have a sip of beer. James Walder Jr. is out too for the Yarios. Is this going to be just like the biggest massacre of the year? Uh, Corey Chamberlain. Although Hamilton's 50-point win was pretty impressive yeah. too, and that was in Toronto. <laughs> I mean, we all have Winnipeg, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Although, I, 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 I love the fact that we are approaching the area where Winnipeg fans are starting to hit, hate Matt Nichols again. So I would love to see them somehow buckle under the pressure and Toronto somehow squeak out a win. Or or Strebler has to come in because Nichols Don't throws like four, four interceptions. <laughs> like something like that. I, I, I want to by the time... Strebler. I, <laughs> I want to get to a situation where, where we're, we're going to Banjo Bowl and they're booing Nichols as much as we are again. That, that was, was pretty awesome. That was great. Uh, so we all have that one. Um, Hamilton... Saskatchewan. The Riders need to win this one. Yeah. Riders by double digits for the third week in a row. Ooh, I don't know if it's going to be that much. But all right. Riders win. Single digits. Eight points. Ottawa at Montreal. <laughs> Montreal? Montreal. 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 Maybe 4-2. Edmonton at Calgary. Two 4-2 and two teams. Two teams that definitely shouldn't be 4-2. and two. This one's a coin flip for me. Um, I like Calgary, though. Because, yeah, you're right. Who has Edmonton beat? Oh, there's going to be Calgary fans just cutting that part of the show out just to hear Jawan Greg, I like out. Calgary. Kadeem Carey's out again. Calgary's getting hurt with uh, with some of these injuries. Edmonton's fairly injury-free. Yeah, but their defense is better than Edmonton, I think. I, I like I like Calgary. It's going to be tight, but I like Calgary. Can we, can we go, go back in a second to uh, what's his name from Calgary dressing up uh, his face like the Joker? Yeah, what was that? Oh, oh that uh, was great. Robertson, uh, Daniel. Whatever his name is. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. Get some personality. That was fantastic. Go, go hard, young man. Go hard. And uh, I'm going to go Edmonton. I'm taking Edmonton as well here. Well, our pick em being done means that's the end of this show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Check us out on Twitter at PifflesPod. You can follow me at RealAlexD. I am at Safamod. And I am at Greg on Sports. Give us a like on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash PifflesPodcast. Check us out on Instagram at PifflesPod. And, of course, the website, PifflesPodcast.com. PifflesPodcast brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty, Tallgrass Apparel, Churchill Brewing Company and Underdogs Memorabilia for their support to make this show possible. Piffles Podcast is a proud member of the CFPN Canadian Football Podcast Network and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is supported by Connexus. Next time you're stuck in traffic for a while, here's some things to think about. Instead of why the car in front of you is going so slow or if the car behind you is trying to hitch a ride on your bumper, what if your bank was committed to working with you to achieve your goals? What if they cared enough to get to know you? What if they weren't successful unless you were? What if your financial well-being drove everything they did? 
Come see why things are different at Connexus. Stop by any branch to learn more about how Connexus cares. All right, we got to get out of here. Let's get sung out. This is Tyler Gilbert, Ghost Behind Your Mind. The ghost behind your mind.